Hello and welcome to the Secure Chat Podcast, presented by Archon. This is a whole new security podcast geared towards you, our trusted clients. Each episode, our security experts will explore pressing security news, from the latest malware threat to user errors and top risk management solutions. Tune in each month to learn more about data breaches, what they mean for your business, and how you can optimize your security strategy. I want security. Hey everybody and welcome back to this month's podcast. This is uh, episode 10 and I'm here joined with Sean as always. Sean, how you doing today? Can't complain. Another uh, really hot day in Chicago, but still just, yeah, alive and kicking. Yeah, and thankfully back in the office. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to be talking about low cost, high impact ways that you can secure your business. Um, and it's going to be kind of in relation to what we've been going through with uh, COVID as well. Because um, COVID has, has opened up all sorts of vulnerabilities that, that we had not seen in the past. And just kind of now a lessons learned and what you can do going forward. Yeah, and I don't think it's, it's necessarily not even talking about vulnerabilities that are brand new. It's just I think... COVID did, like you said, it uncovered a lot, and uh, it's it's sort of put in the forefront of a lot of companies' minds and you know C level employees, IT directors, that there's a a lot more that you need to secure your business than just the typical antivirus. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so Sean, what what are some of the things that you've seen on the front lines during COVID? Uh, more often. So I I guess we've seen an, a large uptick. So um. You know, the, the past about six months now, I've been one of the main Mimecast email security guys. So I've been seeing a lot of the uptake, you know, looking at the logs, seeing what's been coming through just from email sense. And the the amount of phishing and spam that's been actively thrown at users has increased from what I've seen. Um, you know, and I know spam phishing has always been a hot topic. It's been always thrown at users for for before our careers even started, that's for sure. Um, but with COVID, it's it's been pushed out more, I think, because there's a lot more users that are at home and remote. So there's a lot more of people with their guards down. Um, they're just quicker to click because it's just them. They're kind of just going about their day. No big deal. And as we both know, it's just, you know, that one email that you click could be, you know, the, the, the fate sealer, I guess, yeah. first for some of the clients. Going into COVID, we were seeing uh, new ways that people were spear phishing throughout companies. Like they were targeting LinkedIn's and they were seeing the hierarchy of the company um, and things were getting a little bit more personalized. And uh, it's been interesting to see how that going into COVID has also helped um, phishing, at- uh, phishing attackers uh, get to people when they're all sitting in their houses by themselves it's not like they're in this office setting anymore yeah and i i think that on both sides of the cup you have people that have been almost more alert for this so i know um you know at Archon, we've been lucky enough to actually have to hire more techs because of the the bump and the amount of mm-hmm. help desk and just calls that we've gotten we've actually added on more engineers and because we've added more on in the middle of this um, and they're sending out emails on just different you know server alerts or memory alerts um, we've actually had the main IT contacts at companies email our managers directly saying, like, hey, like, is this actually a person that works at Archon or like, mm-hmm. what's going on here? So you've seen the uptick, and I think that uptick has also generated a response where people are, are on more of a heightened awareness. But as we've talked about through a lot of these episodes, like, there are tools out there that are 
better than mm-hmm. just rely on one person's heightened sense of awareness for the attacks that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, we we touch on so many of these at this point. You know, Rabbit yeah. Seven, Mimecast, Mass Control, um, a whole bunch of things that we can touch on. But yeah. I, I think that it, COVID's definitely brought email, not even just email, just security in general in an IT sense to the forefront of people's minds because it actually has become a hot topic. It's you're kind of out there on your own, so you want to make sure you're the best prepared. At least I know I would be if I wasn't a technical person that was working alone, like at mm-hmm. home. Like I want to make sure that I'm just – I'm not going to be the person that screws up. Do you think uh, during quarantine and with coronavirus, people have become more aware of uh, like security threats or less aware? The Just the typical end user. So I guess typical end user uh, – I think that people are more aware because – there's more response that I know I've seen mm-hmm. uh, just from people making a push to say, like, hey, like, we saw this email going around. Make sure you're on the lookup for it. Like, yeah. again, don't click on these links or just double check who you're responding to. Um, it's all been just communication-based. But I know yeah. from, from what I've seen with the amount of emails that we get thrown on, it's, it's almost gets lost in translation where it it's just another group email that goes out to all companies. So sometimes it just gets missed. Um, and that's that's essentially where you want to start leveraging those tools of okay, if this person does miss this, like what do we have to protect us further from that? Like I like I don't, that's how I feel. Like, so I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. people have almost become numb to the the constant barrage of okay, don't click this, but you know we get three more phishing emails. It's 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 kind of just a, they've been submerged with it, so it's just yeah, become yeah. part of life. Yeah, well, we've seen um, we've definitely seen more phishing emails going around and and during coronavirus they've also been you know payloads with executables that are trying to download things in the background so definitely something to be on the lookout for um another thing that we've seen a rise in is is like ransomware with the rise of bitcoin have you seen any uh, ransomware from you in your day-to-day so i mean ransomware you hope it isn't in your day-to-day uh but i know we have seen that and it there's been times where you know just just recently since the COVID started we we've had you know a, a high impact ransomware get hit mm-hmm. and the problem with the ransomware that we touched on before is that it's it's not just the fact that oh i need to pay to unlock my data to get this back it is you have production servers that are hard down you can't keep working so you're losing money every day because people are coming to work they can't get anything done so you're paying salaries you're not getting any value back on that. You're behind on projects. You could potentially be losing contact or contracts or clients or whatever. Um, so again, ransomware is still that big giant killer. Um, it, it seems like it's a buzzword, but it still is something that's actually out there, real, happening all the time. Um, and you touched on it too with the emails that we're seeing now. It's not just phishing that we saw an uptick in with COVID. Like we actually saw a return to emails that contained attachments that had payloads. I actually just had to analyze one of those payloads a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, where it was a very typical, you know, it was, hey, check out this invoice. It was masked as a Word doc, but, you know, right away flagged out that, you know, there's Trojans attached to this, backdoors all being opened up. So uh, it, it is, it's scary because it's, there's a weak point in security right now. And I think there's so many people that are swamped with an IT that they're focused on frontline issues of, you know, getting the HR department able to work from home or getting the accountant people remote access with the VPN, that sometimes those little extra security checks go unnoticed. Yeah, and with all of that hot in the streets right now, there's a lot of low-cost, like high-impact ways that uh, they can have your back when when you have other things to tend to. Uh, ways with like AI or just end-user training. Um, there are things companies can be doing that that cost a cup of coffee per month per user for the company, um, and it just provides so much back-end protection that 
that you don't even need to think about. And granted, these things will always be there, and there will never be a time where one you have a 100% chance of never getting hit with ransomware or never having a phishing email. But some of this, uh, you know, AI and end user training can can really catch people up to speed and provide that layer of automated security that you need in a time like this. Yeah, exactly. And no, you know, first thing that I, I've seen an uptick on is people requesting user awareness training, mm-hmm. um, whether it's through Mimecast, whether it's through No Before, any type of phishing campaigns where you're actually paying for a service to send out spam emails, phishing emails with with fake fake attachments mm-hmm. and trying to train people up to see all right who clicks on the email who opened the email who clicked on the link within the email um and you start getting analysis of like all right like who are the weak points that are falling for these scams who are the people that are just deleting these and with that awareness training it's instead of making someone sit through a four-hour training course where more than likely they just leave the videos running and walk away it's a quick five-minute little video if that uh, you know, once a month, but it's just quick real time exercises. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like you know, we can we can harp on what a phishing email is, what to look for, what to identify. Yeah. But when you're seeing stuff in real time, it, it's it's the difference between reading about how to play a sport versus actually practicing. Yeah. And and getting that muscle memory down. And the awareness training is like a double edged sword. It's really good uh, for the IT department and for the end user because um, when you do these little like five minute five minute trainings once a month, I think it's even more effective than a you know, two to three hour training because no one really wants to sit through a boring two to three hour um, fishing training that, that they're going to forget most of what was said when they walk out. But when you fall for um, a fake phishing email and it kind of takes you to you know that screen that has some type of funny comment, like mm-hmm. it, it sticks with you. And you'll always be on the lookout for something that kind of looks off in an email. Mm-hmm. It only takes five minutes to do. And it helps the IT department because then they have a list of, of the users that they need to kind of take a, a closer look at. Right. And it's funny you mentioned that was where people talking about, you know, getting that email. It's you know, a little bit of a competition. Like I know when Archon actually sent out, like when we were piloting a lot of the user awareness training, um, you know, we started going around and just as tech guys, like everyone's got their little group chats like, hey, you know, did, you, did you get this email? Like <laughs> yeah. what's going on here? And I know, you know, we had one of our buddies who fell for it. And, like, you yeah. know, at that point, that everyone's just giving a bunch of crap. Like, you really yeah. fell for this? You really clicked on the email? And, you know, we're trying to backpedal. Like, oh, no, I, you know, I knew what it was. I just clicked yeah. on it anyway. But it, it sort of dries up a little bit of that competition. But at the same time, when you're doing something where it's training, it gets sent out randomly once every five weeks or so spaced apart. You're going to keep people that are consistently double checking emails mm-hmm. so it actually came to the point where that for archon you had a lot of people who did click on that and then part of awareness training is they do send you those automated emails saying like hey like click here you know just watch a quick little yeah. video the amount of tickets that we got from that were people saying hey like is this a legit email like it was yeah. we sent out one phishing campaign and the amount of response of users just being more aware of like what's being sent out was instantaneous so it's something that pays dividends right after that first module yeah and it's something that's very easy to send out just because it's it's kind of a seamless integration you get to pick it um and yeah like you said it's just the people talk to each other it's a little bit of, of a game or competition like hey like yeah. you know i did it, it they didn't get me this month or you know, yeah. whatever it is and it kind of boils down to just like the interactive training mm-hmm. i mean that's how it sticks in people's head is, is you're having this interactive training versus sitting there and just kind of in one ear, right out the other. Especially if it's something that's like a two or three hour seminar where people are actively paying consultants or companies yeah. to come in, give a webinar or a slide presentation. 
Because I'll be honest, like with a lot of the webinars, like after the half hour, 45 minute mark, then yeah, it's start, you know, I start going two different directions because it's just boring yeah. to a certain extent. <laughs> and sure, and sure. if you think about it too, just from a monetary standpoint for a company, like does it make sense for to take your entire workforce out for two hours to listen to a presenter that you paid to come there and give? It's like, it's a lot of money and it comes back to what you're saying, the cost of, you know, a cup of coffee a month per user where it's two dollars per user license yeah. and you have a you know you have one module every month then just test out and it's like it's kind of a no-brainer where it's it's quick it's cheap you don't have to do this whole big fiasco or a type of presentation it's just you know rapid fire set and forget come out get the reports and see what's going on if, if and you can see in real time that things are actually improving so yeah that's like a really low cost just easy way uh to train your workforce to keep to keep their eye out for phishing emails and things that just kind of look off I think one thing that's important to touch on with the awareness training is that it's consistently updating. Um, so with Mimecast, like they leverage AI engines within their own application to learn about different threats that are consistently updating. You know, it's their threat dictionaries. That's how they keep on top of the spam scores mm -hmm. and how like their product stays effective and relevant. They leverage that same technology in the awareness training to make sure that the products they're pushing are always up to date. You're seeing actual real-time threats. You're not looking at stuff that is dead and gone from five years ago. Um, and with the low cost of AI, it's the amount of power you get from it is should be a no-brainer as leveraging that as much as you possibly can. Uh, with Silence, we've been using that, which is an antivirus, um, which is more of an all-inclusive where it works on antivirus, file optimization, file scanning, anti-malware. But it leverages AI engines, and it is just it's lightweight, it's seamless, it can run on top of a different antivirus which is important that we've seen from a rollout perspective where we can get silence rolled out, make sure it's working, make sure it's on all the machines, and then slowly phase out the old AV system. Yeah, and even the security of that, having two AVs that, run, that are running side by side, I mean, uh, that that has a positive impact as well. Yeah, and it's there used to be a saying where you can't have two AVs running at the same time, and there's still a lot of people that to this day are faithful that you should only have one AV, you should only be running one. And if that's the case, you're only going to run one. Like, why wouldn't you run one that uses an AI engine that is activating all the time to the point mm. where, like, where silence is offline, it's not updating. Like, it still has an engine that's actively like quarantining files if it's bad. It's not doesn't be connecting the internet to work. Whereas what you've seen with stuff like you know, like older AV, like a Norton Security, it's it takes a while to get updates. Sometimes mm. the updates fail. So then you have an antivirus system on there that is six months outdated. Well, most of the attacks that you're going to see are stuff that's brand new, zero-day type attacks. So you want something that's actively being updated at all times because that's how you're going to stay the most secure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, AI definitely adds a like nice second layer of security with the first being um, training your end users to be able to identify you know, phishing emails and whatnot. But then you have what you're explaining, just this automated... Um, it's, like, it's like a fail-safe. And so in the background, you have this fail safe that, that is monitoring everything that's going on and is able, and is able to update in real time um, and catch new threats as they come in. Um, so it's all about kind of uh, educating your workforce as well as, ha as having automated systems in the background that are also checking your infrastructure at the same time. Exactly. Because two of the weakest points of a lot of security is just the fact that you have outdated or systems that aren't beefy enough to handle the security load. And then you have not uneducated users, but users that aren't up to date on the current trends of like what they should be looking out for. Because at the end of the day, like 
like we all know, like no matter what job it is, like jobs are stressful enough. We don't need to be, you know, be putting on like an extra layer of weight or burden to people's shoulders to make sure they're analyzing every single email to make sure mm-hmm. that every legit thing and attachment is checked for because, you know, even if they submit help desk tickets, that's still time that's taking out of their day. So everything is about making things as efficient as possible. On top of being as efficient as possible, we want that extra, extra, extra layer of security. So I think that's where we're talking to like the MFA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we've been ledgering Azure MFA because it mm-hmm. rolls in a lot with Office 365. There yeah. are different SSO programs that we've been using and rolling out. But when you have an MFA, obviously you're going to have this fail safe of even if someone puts in their credentials to a phishing email, that person still then like, you know, even if they do log in, it's going to send a random notification. The person is going to be like, you know, I, I didn't put in my credentials, password changes, you know, Blah blah blah. We 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 run through that cycle. Any yeah. help desk team is going to be able to run through that cycle. Yeah. So it's that that extra notification. One thing that we've been working with a lot has been the SAML integrations, where when you have applications or websites. So say we we have SAML tied through Azure, you know, and we had that tied for we. I know you were running with a project too, where you set it up where people's VPN when they sign up the VPN, yeah. it's it's tied to Azure MFA. Mm-hmm. So when they go to sign on their VPN, it actually pops up where it's an Office 365 sign-in page. Yeah. So when you start standardizing that type of integration, you kind of create a control where everything looks the same. So mm-hmm. if someone's trying to sign in and they're signing a web page that doesn't kick over to Office 365, where it doesn't kick over to their SSO page, again, that's just enough to be like a, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just enough, it's, as much as security, you want to be seamless and silent on the back end. Like we've talked about Rapid Seven, where it's in-depth logging. Like we talk about just MFA onwards controls, where we have that notification-based system. But you want it to also be enough of a visual flag to users to be like, let's stop, take a second, and think about this. Like why does this not seem right? Because that that little pause usually is going to save you 99% of the time. Because if it doesn't look right and it doesn't feel right, you're probably going to Ask somebody else. You're going to submit a ticket, take a screenshot, whatever it is. So that that type of central management is what sort of ties, you know, a little neat bow on top of everything. Where if it is just an email that gets through, because you know, I'm going to be honest. What I've been seeing on an email security side is that people are sending out phishing emails that are so low effort mm-hmm. that it's not being caught by spam filters because they're not trying to mask the the email headers. They're not trying to spoof a domain. They're not trying to spell a domain wrong. Mm-hmm. They're simply emailing from a Gmail account and making the um, internal or the display name something like, oh, Archon Technologies. Yeah. So people on their phones see an email from Archon Technologies and say, hey, like, hey, something's wrong with your password. Please change it. It's so low effort. And it, it's actually mind boggling because that's still stuff that's getting through. And it should be very, very obvious. Yeah. But that's where that awareness training comes in. That's where if they do click on that link and it isn't a payload that we be stopped by silence, you have just that little bit of a central management where it's like, oh, well, that's not my sign-in page or that that isn't the right Office 365 logo. And it just sort of takes you to a point where it's just, you know, like, hey, like, let, let's take a quick second and think about that. Uh, yeah, Sean, you make really good points. And all, all three of those things, it's like the uh, centralized management, the AI, and the, the end-user training – all three of those are, are not time consuming. They're very low cost, but it can do waves for our company. Um, Absolutely. And on top of that, it's all stuff that can be utilized remote 
or in the office. And I think that's been another big item that people have been wanting to check off is what are the capabilities of this application while remote? And you know that was obviously spawned by COVID where everyone had to work remote. And a lot of this, were, who knows how long companies are going to stay working with 50% of the workforce remote or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ability to, to have this stuff be pushed out because a lot of these projects that we've worked on is stuff that we're able to push out remotely. So we don't mm-hmm. have to have someone come to the computer and install it. It's, it's all stuff that is done on the back end. It's controlled through a portal that we look at. So you don't have an IT director who has to actively look at who checks in. It's stuff that we take care of entirely. The user doesn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. It is pretty straightforward in the sense of like, all right, here, you want these two things, sign the dotted line. We'll get this installed in a week. And you guys are up and running. Your your costs aren't that high for what you're getting, and you're going to have a, a compliance level of you're going to be meeting a lot of different security audits where you have these things in place already, as opposed to scrambling when you're being audited in real time. Yeah, and I mean when you look at everything on paper, it's a no brainer to do because it's literally a cup of coffee per month per user to do. It's a very uh, low effort for an IT department to turn some of this stuff around. And uh, the security that it provides uh, could save you from losing uh, downtime, losing information, or even if it comes audit time, kind of being in a pinch. You're just kind of creating a very good foundation uh, for, le- for you know, a very low price. Um, and I think it's something all companies should be doing. They should be looking at it. They should be inquiring about it. And I think that's what a lot of this conversation on the podcast came from is that you know, we've been getting talked to by a lot of our sales reps and stuff saying that, you know, a lot of people are asking, what else can we do? Mm-hmm. Um, because they've actually been considering like, okay, like, are we like, where are we at on the scale of, you know, from secure to not secure? Like, are yeah. we doing okay? Can we improve? Because at the end of the day, a lot of people don't know what they, what they can do. It, a lot of stuff yeah. that we just talked about, you know, to anybody who doesn't know the industry, they would think that using an AI leveraged, anti-malware solution is going to be through the roof when in yeah. reality it's it's pretty much you know it's, it's two to three bucks a user for a month and that's why we're on top of it just actively managing and deploying it yeah um it's pretty crazy because then the cost is always going to be an issue um mm-hmm. because i know i know a few few months ago when we had jeff malarkey on he was saying that any problem can be solved with an open checkbook yeah and it's the idea of finding the balance between how can we get as secure as possible without also spending ourselves in the poorhouse. Yeah, and that's where if you do these small measures, low cost, and they cover vulnerabilities, and then it frees up money for you know other things that you might need to spend a little bit more on. Right. Um, it just makes your company a little bit more agile. Like you just have, uh, you have technology put in place that can do more, it can learn things on the fly, um, and it can be more of what you need it to be and also provide you kind of like that monetary side of you have more money to do things because you've got these great cheap things in place. All on top of that, while giving the capability to keep your workforce remote and feeling safe about your workforce being remote. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, they're, they're amazing things. So that wraps up episode 10 of the Secure Chat podcast with the low-cost, high-impact episode. And this is the season finale. Um, so we want to thank all of you guys for listening to us. Uh, we want to thank Sean for always being on it. We want to thank Danny uh, for always producing it for us. Um, and we also want to thank Natalie for everything that she's done for this podcast. Um, she left the company last week for another opportunity. 
Uh, so she will be missed. Uh, but we're very thankful to have her for the time that we had her, and we wish her all the best. And, of course, we want to make just a quick shout-out to our host, Corey. Uh, this is definitely not as easy as you make it seem. Uh, just putting the stuff out every month. I uh, definitely enjoy being here and looking forward to next season, You know all the, the new content we're going to put out then. Um, but, yeah, and until then, I guess we'll see you around next time. Right? And, as always, we also appreciate uh, the audience for Season 1. Uh, it was a great experience doing this podcast with everyone. Um, and we're super excited for season two. Uh, and we hope all of you guys tune in.